free, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to give honor, of course, to your pastors. Amen. They are tremendous young people of God. That was kind of a paltry amen. I said I want to give honor to your pastors. They are tremendous young people of God. Amen. And I want you to know that you are blessed to have really dedicated pastors. And they're only in it for one thing, to be a blessing to you and to honor God. Amen. We are tremendously proud of them, really are. All right, praise God. Amen. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3. We're going to begin reading here with verse 20. This is a verse that people quote all the time. They quote half, about, they quote half of it. Amen. And because they, they quote only half of the verse, they don't even get half of the meaning. Amen. Amen. But Ephesians 3.20 says this. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now what people miss is the rest of the verse. According to the power that worketh in us. And so today I want to talk to you about releasing that power. Okay, amen. Now, of course, everybody in here is born again, believes that God is able. We know he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Praise God. That word exceeding is hupobello in the Greek. New Testament is translated from the Greek. And that means far beyond whatever you can think about. Praise God. He, he can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. We ask, and I don't know about you, I can ask a lot. Or think, and I don't know about you, I think a lot. But it's according to. Now, when you see this term according to in the scripture, in the New Testament, it means by. So he's able to do far beyond what you ask or think by the power that worketh in us. That, that Greek word for power is the word dunamis. Amen. That's miracle working ability. And that word worketh is energia in the Greek. That means that which is active and that which is efficient in you. So you sang a song about what was in you today. Okay. Amen. That, by the way, that's a beautiful song. We don't, we don't sing that song at Southfield, so I want it. And I want the, I want the second and the third song. We don't sing either one of those, but we should, okay? Amen. So what did he say? God is capable to do far beyond what you ask or think by the miracle working ability that is activated and that is efficiently working in you. And a couple things there, praise God. First of all, it tells us, a one, that there is inside of us miracle working power. But it also tells us that that power can remain dormant and nothing happens with it unless it is activated. And then it tells us that its activation can be efficient. Anytime you want to talk about something being efficient, that means it can be less efficient. So you're talking about degree. Okay, amen. And here's the other thing that the Bible tells us about in that verse. It tells us that God is limited by what we do with the power. Amen. 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 So then now that changes things a lot because if it's about what God and us do, one thing you can be sure about that God's going to keep up his end. So we know then if there's any lack or any problem, the, the problem is where? <laughs> it's on the inside. So that means we, we can stop the blame game with God right now. We, we can stop saying, God, why did you allow? God, why did you happen? God, uh, how come this hadn't happened? God, God look at you and say, I about read my word and find out whether or not you have activated the power. So today we want to talk about helping you to activate that power Amen. to a place that it is 
efficiently working in you. Can I get three hallelujahs this morning? One for the Father, one for the Son, and one for the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise God. Now, Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus, amen, which today is modern-day Turkey is where Ephesus is at, amen. He's writing to the church congregation there. He tells them about the manifestation of grace and the grace of God that's on him in chapter 3. And then he begins talking, verse 14, about this is how I pray for you. And this is what I'm praying for you. And by the way, what we're about to read here, this is the prayer I want. If you want to pray for the bishop, pray this for me. This is the prayer pray for me. Are you listening to me? All right, Ephesians chapter 3, notice verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father, Lord Jesus Christ, or I'm about to pray, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Incidentally, let me just stop here at that word name. I don't want to go too fast. Everybody knows the Old Testament names of God. You know, he's Jehovah Jireh, he's Jehovah Rapha, he's Jehovah Tiskanu, you know, Jehovah Nisi. You know, he's healer, he's provider, he's protector, he's all those things. Those are Old Testament names of God, but there are New Testament names of God. They're right there in the New Testament, and most people don't even know them. Praise God. Just like they're old. See, the Old Testament names of God is just did what? Express aspects of God and his character. The New Testament names of God do the same. He's called the God of grace in the New Testament. He's called the God of hope in the New Testament. He's called the God of patience in the New Testament. He's called the God of peace in the New Testament. He's called the God of love in the New Testament. He's called covenant keeper in the New Testament. Amen? So just like in the Old Testament, he was God, peace, or Jehovah, self-existent, always existent, all-powerful one. Just like he was that and provider, and that and healer, praise God. In the New Testament, he is hope. He is love. He is patience. Praise God. And notice, you are named after him. Amen. Now, we don't think much of names today because, you see, back in, back in the Old Testament time, they, did, they didn't just name folks immediately. Sometimes they waited. The child was born for a while before they named him. The reason why they did it was because they understood that the name that you gave a child was what you call that child. And what that called, child calls themselves. They'd seek the face of God to find out what God wanted called that, that, that child's name to be called. Uh, amen. Because God puts in every child a particular calling. Amen. Personality. Like my oldest grandson. Amen. He's two years old now. My oldest grandson, I got a granddaughter that's, you know, be 15 in a few weeks. Amen. But my oldest grandson's only two. I had three girls first and finally got the boy. And now I got a second boy. And I'm going to have a third boy. I'm going to have him catch up. Glory to God. Amen. amen. Well, amen, he's two years old. But see, I already know he's called. See, I know he's called in ministry. I even know his office called and in fact, Prophet God came when uh, Brother Copeland came down to our, to our church and was ministering at our church. And when he was one years old, now when he was one, he wouldn't go to anybody except his mama, his daddy, his grandmother, and me. Anybody else, you know, he kind of like, <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't jump out. Well, but man, the Prophet God walked in there and he just, Amen. Then the word of the Lord came under Brother Copen about his ministry and his calling. Uh, amen. Well, I already knew he was called. Praise God. And so what, what I say about him, because when, when I'm with him, little, little fella, I still, I, I'll come, he's called to be an office of prophet. And I'll come, well, the little prophet's here. Yeah, amen. Well, see, your name is the same name of God. Your name is hope. Your name is patience. Your name is, he said, after the whole family is named, your name is hope and patience. Your name is love. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. That's what you are named. So said, I am hope. I am patience. I am peace. I am love. I am a covenant keeper in the name of Jesus. Praise God. He goes on to say, Amen. That he would grant you or give to you according to. What did I tell you according to meant? By. Amen. That, that God the Father 
would grant you by the riches of his glory. Now, the Greek word for riches is the Greek word plutos. It means something that is extremely rich and extreme value. Amen. That God would give you according to the riches of his glory. The word glory is doxa. It means that which is praiseworthy. Amen. Amen. That which is honorable. Hallelujah. I'm praying that God would give you by the wealth, extreme value of that which is praiseworthy to him to be strengthened. This word strengthened is krahayoho. It means to be empowered with might. That word might is that word dunamis. That word power in 320. Amen. That you might be empowered with supernatural miracle working ability by his spirit in the inward man. What a prayer. Amen. I'm praying that prayer for you. Amen. That the anointed one, that's Jesus, praise God, and his anointing may reside in your heart by faith. Now, I know that you know that the Greek word for faith is pistis. And it means trust and confidence and belief and reliance and to be assured of. Amen. Well, he said that the anointing dwells in your heart by faith. Now, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 says, This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So if the world is not treating you very well, if circumstances in your life are very tough, if things are very difficult, praise God, faith can overcome it. I got a few amens from this side. If things are tough, if things are difficult, praise God, faith overcomes, that word overcomes means gets the victory over the world. Amen. The Lord did not say you wouldn't have tough times. He just said, I have already had the victory over it, and if I had the victory, so do you. That is if, if you plug into it with your faith. Now, many people think they got a faith problem. You know, I just don't have enough faith. If I only had the faith of Billy Graham, if I only had the faith of Oral Roberts, if I only had the faith of you, whoever you want, fill in the blanks. If I only had faith like them, then this, this would be, praise God, such and such and such, what would happen. Amen. But I'm here to tell you, you don't have a faith problem. You don't have a faith problem. You may have a lack of knowledge problem, but you don't have a faith problem. You have already used your faith to produce everyone in here is born again. Let me see your hand. Amen. Let me see how you're born again. Every one of you who lifted your hand, you have already used your faith for something greater than the greatest amount of money you could get. Amen. 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 Or the biggest healing you may need. Amen. Or the biggest deliverance you may need. You have already used faith stronger well, use your faith to do something greater and stronger than that yeah. already. Amen. 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 And you know if you have done something already once, you know you can what? Do it again. Do it again. Well, when was this? Well, turn to Romans chapter 10. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Romans chapter 10. Now, everybody again in this church would know Romans 10, 17, right? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, we know we don't start a, a, we don't start a conversation with so then, right? I mean, I, I didn't walk up to Pastor Walker when I saw him at the airport yesterday. I didn't say, so then. <laughs> Amen. So that is connected to a bunch of other stuff, and we're going to go back and look at it for a moment. But then he said, so then, pistis, so then, faith, confidence, trust, belief, reliance, assurance, cometh or comes by hearing and hearing. It didn't say faith comes by hearing. It said by faith comes by repeatedly hearing 
by the word of God. Greek word for word is rhema. Praise God. In other words, God spoke either through the Holy Spirit speaking. Jesus said that he will speak to us now. Amen. Or by his written word being heard. Hallelujah. Amen. The voice of the Holy Spirit speaking to you inside or the written word outside consistently. But you know, faith is something not just Christians have. Everybody has faith. Everyone has trust, confidence, belief in something that they rely on. And what is it that I, that I have faith in? Whatever you constantly heard. When you grew up in school, amen, they told you certain things. They told you in the first grade this. They told you the same thing in the second grade. They told you the same thing in the fourth grade. They told you the same thing in the sixth grade. Amen. By the time you got to the seventh grade, that's all you repeated. If somebody asked you this question, you, you would automatically say X, Y, Z what they told you. Amen. You have trust, confidence, belief in that. They told you because you heard it and you heard it and you heard it and you heard it and heard it and heard it. And what you heard might have been wrong because what's happening in school nowadays is that when I came up, things they used to teach was the way things were in physics. They have now changed. And they now say things that they used to tell me is no longer that, but now something else. Okay. Amen. I use it in the me. That's different than the word of God. God's word is the same yesterday and forever. It'll never change. Hallelujah. It works all the time. But you believe what you believe because you've heard it again and again and again. Same thing about news media. You got attitudes about people. You got attitudes about various things. Why? Because you've heard it constantly over television. Amen. In other words, whatever you constantly hear again and again and again and again, you believe it. So what he said was, Faith cometh by constantly, repetitively hearing and hearing what God said again and again and again and again and again. Now, there's a big difference between rhema and logos. Logos is the word sum total. When you talk about the entirety of the Bible, you're talking about the logos. When you're talking about rhema, you're talking about the Holy Spirit taking something out of the logos and then illuminating that to you. Well, the Holy Spirit speaking directly to your spirit about a particular thing. Are you listening to me? So he said, now faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing. Now, I, I told you, you have already used your faith for something greater than cancer and greater than poverty and greater than whatever else you're dealing with. You already have. You were born in sin as a sinner. You were born with the nature of death. Amen. God just didn't hold you accountable to it until you reached the age of accountability. Amen. Okay, amen. amen. But you were born in sin, and, that, and that's why, and you'll see it right away. Again, my, my little two-year-old, man, you know, and he's, he, he's already lying. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> he did something. Did you do so-and-so? No. <laughs> well, that boy lying, so you saw him do it, right? <laughs> He's two years old. How in the world are you lying at age two? Because we were all born in sin. Amen. We all started lying as soon as we could talk. Amen. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. <laughs> huh? <laughs> he told me the other day, he told me the other day that he assaulted another kid. Okay. <laughs> Older and bigger than him, knocked him down, amen, and then kicked him. This is a young prophet, okay, man. <laughs> Our nature is the nature of death, and there was nothing we could do to change it. In fact, Romans 6.23 said that the price tag of that sin was death. Hell was the only place we were going. Guess what happened? Praise God. Romans 10 The apostle Paul said, the word of faith which we preach, that if thou shalt confess, that word confess is homologio, acknowledge, and we shall acknowledge Jesus as the Savior or the Lord Jesus. Amen. The word Lord is supreme authority, kuros. 
the highest authority of all, Jesus. And shall believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be sozo. Thou shalt be saved, healed, delivered, made sound, made whole. Now, how did that happen? What happened was you operated the principles of faith, which are what? First of all, hear the word. Rarely do people get saved because they heard the word once. There are cases like that. But most times people heard the word more than one time. Okay, amen? Some of us took years before we said yes. Okay, amen? First, you hear the word. It's the first element of faith, hearing. Second element of faith is then receiving. Because you could hear something. I mean, you, do it, you do it on television. Amen. You might watch a certain channel, and somebody says something, something, you say, I don't see that. So you heard it, but you chose not to receive it. Amen. See? So the first element of faith is to, one, put yourself in a position to constantly hear. Amen. Amen. That's why he said that you have to go to church in Hebrews. He said you're to go to church much more we get to the end of all things. Because the more we get to the end of all things, the more terrible it gets. The more faith you need. The more fellowship you need. Amen? Praise God. So the first element is to hear. The second element is to then make a decision to receive. All right, I'll listen to that. Then the third element of faith is to make a decision to Believe what you hear. The fourth element of faith. I hope you're taking notes on this. Amen. Amen. The fourth element of faith is then to repeat what you heard. Say it. Amen. Why? Because you, with your mouth, reinforce again and again and again what you've been saying. That's why in the Old Testament, man, they named people names because it would be reinforced. I mean, how did God get Abram or later Abraham to become the father of faith? That guy was a mess up. All right. All right. He was born in Ur the Chaldees, 250 miles south of Baghdad. Amen. He and his wife had had no children. He did obey God late. See, when you read Genesis chapter 12, and when, when he's finally going to leave, it said, and the Lord had said to him. That wasn't the first time the Lord told him to leave Earth of Hell. In fact, if you go back, and, go back and read, you'll find out the Lord spoke to him five years before that. And the Lord told him five years before that, he said, leave your kinfolk. Amen. And what did he do? He left the Earth of Chaldees all right. He got halfway to the promised land. Amen. And he took his father with him and the rest of his family. He starts out in disobedience. His father dies. Amen. Well, and this guy then, sure enough, God tells him, I'll make you the father of many nations. All these wonderful things are going to happen unto you. And as soon as hard times came, famine came, what did he do? He left the place God told him to go, and he went down in Egypt. When he got to Egypt, what did he do? He said, they're going to kill me because my wife is so fine. <laughs> kind of like mine, they're going to kill me because my wife is so fine. So I want you to lie and say you're my sister. So this guy's in the wrong place. He's already lying. And then they paid him for his wife, and he took the money. <laughs> All right there in Genesis chapter 12, the guy takes the money, right? Then something happens, of course, to, to the ruler of Egypt, because as soon as he took her in, bam, plagues hit his house. He said, everything was cool till this woman came in here. There must be some problem here, right? He backtracks. That's not, that's not your sister. That's your wife. Why you lied to me? Yeah, amen. So he kicks him out. And when he kicks him out, guess what Abram does? He keeps all the stuff that he got by lying in the wrong place. Okay, amen. amen. We can talk about all the mess up this guy had. We get to chapter 16. His, his wife, who was a mess up too, 
She said, well, you know, maybe what God meant was, we're going to have a surrogate child. And he's going to do this out of that. So here, you can have my handmaid, Hagar, here. You can go in under her. Well, we know this great man of faith <laughs> said to her, woman, you're a foolish woman. God says, coming out your womb. Uh-uh. The Bible says, he said, really? It's cool with you? And the Bible said, Abraham, hearken. Well, the woman changed her mind, man. He just, <laughs> God got so mad at that dude, God didn't speak to that guy for 13 years. He had been speaking to him regularly, and God did not speak to him again for 13 years to chapter 17. Yet this man come, becomes the father of faith and have miraculous miracles. What did God do? What's the first thing God did? First thing God did was remind him what I said, and then God changed his name. So that he's what? Hearing, 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 hearing. The other thing was God told him to clean up your act and get pure. That's the other thing he told him. Okay, amen? And so Romans 10, 9 then, guess what happened with you? You heard, receive, believe, begin to speak. Jesus is my Lord. I believe he's raised from the dead. Amen. The last element of faith is then acting. Guess what happened? You had enough faith, amen, to release God's power to renovate you, not renovate, recreate you Amen. and cause you to be born again. Amen. That is the hardest thing you would ever face. There's nothing harder than that. Satan and everything he has tried to keep you from getting born again. Amen. Guess what happened? Power. Power got released. You became a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old things were passed away. Look, something fresh and new has come. All the elements of faith are right there. And that's, that power to do that was stronger than healing cancer. Yes. The power necessary to do that was, was stronger than putting more money in your pocket. The, strong, the amount of power necessary to do that is greater than anything you face in this world. That's why he said this the victory overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen? So first of all, you don't have a faith problem. You might have a lack of knowledge problem. You might have a lack of acting problem. You may have a mouth problem. Saying the wrong thing. Right? Remember, see that Romans 10, 10, 9, praise God. said, thou shalt announce with your mouth. The Greek word for mouth is stume, and that word is, means weapon edge. So your mouth is a weapon. It's the very front edge of a weapon. Amen. Your mouth cuts you loose from Satan's bondage. Yeah. Or your mouth can cut off the blessing of God. Yeah. Both ways. It was intended to, to, to be used against the enemy, but some people use it on their self. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. When they face situations. Yeah. Now that last one about acting. Most of you, again, again, know the story in 1 Kings chapter 17. In fact, turn over real, real quick. Amen. I shouldn't quote it because there's always some people in there who know nothing about the Bible at all. Okay, so always some people here. So 1 Kings 17. Let's find it. 1 Kings chapter 17, quickly. Amen. I haven't forgotten about, we're talking about releasing the power. Amen. But I got to get you, get you to understand how faith works in order to release this power. And I don't care if you've heard it ten, ten times before that he's taught it to you, praise God. First of all, you got it from me to, to begin with. That's the first thing. So I'm the original, okay? <laughs> That's the first thing. But the second thing, even though you think you know it, you don't. And let me tell you about things, spiritual things. Spiritual things can diminish in you. Amen. Hebrews chapter 2 says, I'm, uh, you can let these things slip and leak out. Peter said, I'm going to put you in remembrance of these things, though you know them, so that you can be reestablished in the truth. 
So just because you heard something and know something don't mean you are doing it and it's working for you today. You got to be refired back in it. Holy Ghost and fire, you got to be fired back up. I'm preaching better than I'm getting amens again. Well, 1 Kings chapter 17, bad stuff's coming. Verse 1, Elijah Tisbite was in Hamas, and Gilead said to Ahamas, the Lord of God, live it before whom I stand. There shall not be due nor rain these years, but according to my word, years? Ain't going to rain for years? No rain for years? What's that going to produce? Famine. It's an agricultural society. No work. No money. No jobs. No, no nothing. That's what that meant. Right? Now, notice what the Lord then said to him. He had him go, go down to, to the brook, and to the brook dried up, and then finally you get to verse 9. And the word of the Lord came to the prophet and said, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. What was, what was the widow woman's job? To take care of, feed, clothe, provide food and water for the prophet. Well, so what happens? He, he, verse 10, he immediately goes to Zarephath. He gets to the gate of the city. The widow woman was there gathering sticks. He called to her and said, of course, God told me, you're supposed to take care of me. So the first thing he said, well, I'll get to doing it then. Fetch me a little water in the vessel that I can drink. Not doing what God told you to do. Amen. Amen. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and said, and by the way, bring me uh, some bread in your hand. Feed me too. Give me something to drink. Give me something to eat. She said, now that's the Lord God lives. I don't even have a cake. I only got a little bit of, of, of meal in a little jar. I got a little, bit of, a little bit of oil left. I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in, dress it for me and my son, and we may eat and die. What is wrong with this picture? <laughs> Didn't God say, this woman going to take care of you, feed you, clothe you, and take care of you? He gets there, and the woman said, I'm broke. I ain't got nothing. I can't take care of me more. Let's take care of you. In fact, it's so bad that we're about to die here. This is our last meal. Whoa. Of course, the prompt's reaction then would be, uh, I made a mistake. You must not be the woman. <laughs> By the way, you're so poor. Things are so, so bad. I shouldn't be receiving nothing from you anyway. Right? No. Let's read the next verse. And Elijah said unto her, fear not. What? 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 I think it's time for me to go home with half the people in here sleep. He's kind of sitting there. Fear not. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Things might be tough right now. Don't let fear, anxiety, worry get a hold of you. Faith releases the power of God so that you can have abundance. Fear stops the power of God so you can have more poverty. Amen? So the first thing is you got to stop the fear. So he said, fear not. Go and do like, like you said. But make me a little cake first. Bring it to me after make for thee and for thy son. That mean prophet. Didn't I just tell you? All I got is a little bit of oil left, a little bit of cake left. I got a little boy here with me. It's our last meal. We're going to die. And you said you want some of it? And you the prophet of God? Man, if the media, has, if the media was around, if CNN was around, Christian prophet takes woman's last meal. News at 11. Right? They'd be beating him up over that now, wouldn't they? Talking about how mean he is, heartless he is, and all of that. Except the prophet had a word from God about this woman. But whether or not this woman was going to be able to do what the prophet, uh, what God told that prophet for her and for him is going to depend on her releasing the power. Amen. But I'm talking about number five. Number five, faith is an act. Sometimes you have to get a rhema word from God that you have to act on. You have to act on. Her action was going to have to be, she was going to have to decide, I'm not going to speak fear anymore. 
I'm not going to allow the fear to determine my decisions here. I'm not going to even let my mind get in the way of this. She could have thought bad about the prophet, right? She could have got mad at the prophet, right? A lot of people I know would have. Don't look at me in that tone of voice. I pastor lots of black people, thousands of them. Oh, yeah, they get mad at you in a minute. You dare, you dare ask me my last nickel. You out, you greedy prophet, you. Oh, yeah. She could have got, she decided not to go there. Come on. But the Lord had spoken unto her, but she could not figure out how this was supposed to work. Anybody been there? You got a word from God, but you can't figure out how, how am I supposed to actualize this thing? How am I, what am I supposed to do? I heard what you said, Lord, but what am I supposed to do? You're still waiting on God to do something. He's waiting on you to do something. Huh? And that word for her was she was going to have to do Galatians 6, 8 and Genesis 8, 22. Genesis 8, 22 says, as long as the earth remains, seed, time, and harvest shall not cease. Galatians 6 says, as a man sows, he shall reap. If you reap, if you sow to the spirit, you reap, reap life. You so, so to the flesh, you reap death. One of the two. Are you listening to me? See, lots of people are covetous. I'm talking about Christians. Lots of Christians are covetous. Covetousness is when you want something somebody else has. And covetousness can be exercised by government policy, too. Or isn't it, Timmy? Praise God. You want something somebody else has without your planting seed for it. Amen. See, but what the Bible says, there is no harvest without seed being planted. If you need it, she needs some more cake. She needs some more oil. In fact, she needs some more everything. Come on, somebody. And there is no harvest without planting. To want harvest... Without planning is covetousness. And he said, thou shalt not covet. You are a result of seed, time, and harvest. The entire world operates that way. That's the way God made it. Okay, You were a seed in your daddy. He planted you into the fertile ground of your mother. Time, nine months, harvest. Here you are. That's how everything works. Everything works that way. Everything works that way. Everything works that way. The world calls it action and reaction. For every action, there is a reaction. Okay? Push and pull. That's the way God made the planet. That wasn't man's idea. Scientists think they discovered that. They didn't discover that. God did that. Okay, amen? So in order for this woman then to have that rhema word actualized, become activated, and release power that destroys poverty, she was going to have to act in faith and then plant that seed by giving that, that prophet that cake. Keep reading. Amen. Verse 14, he told her what the word said. For thus said the Lord God of Israel, the bear of men won't waste. Now shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sent up upon, rain upon the earth. She went and did. That was the action. She went and did according to the saying of Elijah. She, he, and her house did eat many days. The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. Now, by the way, Jesus is going to say later, Jesus, Jesus, when he comes along, amen, a thousand years later, Jesus is going to reference this woman and say, there were many widows in Israel, during the time of the famine, only one of them was spared, this woman. So everybody around you can have poverty and lack and destruction and you prosper. That depends on whether or not the power is released. Now, go back to Ephesians chapter 3. Anybody get anything out of this? Now, we're just getting started with this. Amen. Praise God. I got to pick up the pace now so, so I don't keep you here too long. I know how black folks is about church, too. <laughs> Their stomach start growling and then they start. 
Come on, somebody. Now, remember now, we were right here in verse 17. Remember? We've been named after God. He's praying that his wealth that brings glory to God, that we be empowered with it by supernatural ability, by his, the, by the, his spirit in our inward man, that that spirit may reside in our hearts by faith that, that, there's some after faith, that, Ye being rooted, the Greek word for root is the word stable. That you be stable and grounded. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The word grounded is settled in love. Amen. So now you see the real power twins. I mean, you know, uh, I know Brother Copeland wrote a book many years ago called The Power of Twins, Faith and Patience. Amen. The real power twins, however, is faith and love Amen. and then patience. Amen. Okay. Amen. Faith and love. Love and faith. Everybody say, say this with me. Faith and love. Faith and love. love and faith. Love and faith. Say it again. Love and faith. Love and faith. Faith and love. <laughs> These two operate together. Galatians chapter 5 verse 6 reads, Faith which worketh by love. Guess what that Greek word worketh is? Energia. It's where we derive the English word energy. Faith is energized by agape, by the love of God. In other words, love makes faith efficient. Now, efficiency matters, man, because if you're driving, I used to have years ago, when they first came out, they used to have the, the they still do, I think they still make them, they might. I haven't seen many of them, though. But you remember the big old Hummer vehicle they used to have? Anybody here remember the Hummers? Let me see your hands. You remember the Hummer? Okay. The big old Hummer, right? And I, when they very first came out, I bought one when they first came out. I might have had one of the first 500 ones in the country. I had one. And in fact, it was so new when I bought my Hummer, people had, nobody had really seen that. And I'm driving down the street, and a woman stops. She yells at me. She says, sir, are you in the Navy? <laughs> she thought it was a military vehicle because my Hummer was black, you know. But amen. Well, well, that, that Hummer was, uh, I loved that Hummer. That was, that was a great truck. I might buy me another one maybe one day. But uh, I loved that Hummer. It was a great truck. But, but man, that thing got, with the miracle-working power of God, it got 12 miles a gallon. <laughs> I'm sure the ones it got now are more efficient. But... But back then, I mean, that, the original one, that thing, 11, 12 miles a gallon, man. In other words, for every gallon, you only got 12 miles. Now, my wife used to, used to have a certain, uh, a, I shouldn't say to make, but she used to have a certain type of subcompact car years ago, okay? <laughs> and that compact car, compact car then got 40 miles a gallon. Wow. So for the same gallon of gas, one took you 12 miles, the other one took you 40 miles. Which one's more efficient? The subcompact. In other words, you get more out of it, and you go further with it because of its greater efficiency. Okay, amen? Faith is made efficient by love. The more you walk in love, the further your faith goes. Say Satan wants, he wants to get you out of the love of God. Why? So that you can't get very far. Faith is made active and efficient by love. Now, love is a subject that ain't very sexy. When you start talking about the love of God being a Christian, amen. I thought you were going to teach me on 10 ways how to get more money. I mean, just teach me about this love stuff. I mean, but, man, you ain't getting no money without no love. I'm going to say that again. Amen. You ain't going to get no money without walking in the love of God. God's faith, our faith is what causes it to work. So if you're the devil, man, Pastor, I'm going to use you as an example. You, you are, uh, you understand. Come on up here. Well, see, so what, the, what is the devil going, going to do? He's going to mess with you. Right? He's going to send people to mess with you. They're going to talk about you. They're going to get in your business. You know, they're they going to do stuff. You ain't done nothing wrong. Amen. You man in your own business. You're not doing anything wrong. And then people come in here and come, I don't just don't like you. They don't even know you. 
Thank you. I don't mean to push the pastor around too much, but he's used to it. He knows. Okay. Amen. Praise God. That's why the devil does that. Now, you should be smart enough now, if you know, know how these things work, you should be smart enough now when that happens to go, not focus on the people. Your enemy is not flesh and blood. It's the demon spirits behind them. Trying to keep that power from being activated. So instead, you're not weak when you walk in love. You're actually smart. Ask your neighbor, are you smart? Is smart. When you decide to walk in the love of God, consider everybody valuable and precious, forgive your enemies, praise God, you keep yourself in a position where that efficiency of faith can work. Let's read this Ephesians some more. Amen. Praise God. See, right now, you have faced some very tough times in this area, on this island. Amen. Praise God. Satan came to steal, kill, and destroy, John 10, 10. But that don't mean he can destroy you. But he can if you don't do what you're supposed to do. On the other hand, you can turn the tables on him. Glory to God, have your faith overcome the world. Hallelujah! Now let's read this some more. Praise God. Now the anointed one, verse 17, may reside in your, in your hearts by your trust, confidence, belief, your pisses, that you being stable and settled in the love of God may be able. Now, the term here, may be able in the King James, you can remember, the King James was translated from the Greek in the year 1611. So language then was different than language now, even when I grew up. When I grew up, if you talked about gay, gay meant happy. Today, gay has another connotation. It didn't mean that back then. In other words, words change over time. How about since the year 1611? You see? So that's why some people have trouble with the Bible, because, uh, amen, they don't understand what these words mean. That's why somebody like me will come along, a teacher, and will break the word down for you, what the original text. Now, this term may be able, it's the Greek term, that you may have full strength. Full strength of what? The power. The power operate with full strength and efficiency. He said that faith and love Causes you to operate in full strength to comprehend. This word comprehend is not the word to understand here. This word comprehend is the word to grab something, to see something, to get a hold of something. Praise God. And he's talking about that you can grab it and have its full effect, full strength, that you may be able to grab with all the saints, that's God's will. What is the breadth of God? What is the length of God? What is the depth of God? And what is the height of God? Do you understand what he just said? He said faith and love can put you in position that you can, you can grab hold to all that makes God, God. Shandai, glory to let me tell you, God's left, God's length, God's breath, God's depth is too big for any poverty or any sickness or any disease or any hurricane or anything else the devil might bring you. And he said that you might be able to get it with full strength. Why, he's got it, why does he just have to say full strength? Because it can be less than full strength. You can just have a thimble of the power manifest or you can have major power. It's not in God's hands. It's in yours. Amen. Hallelujah. Cause 1 John 4, 4. Greater is he that is where? In you than he that's in the world. Ooh, I don't know about you. I'm preaching myself happy again. Because that means then the devil can't win over me unless I let him. I don't know about you. I ain't letting him. 
Oh, that you with full strength may be able to grab with all saints the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. Now, incidentally, this word here, to know, means, one, to allow. But this word also has another Greek connotation. It also is can speak. Amen. Amen. And you can speak and you can allow. Well, why are you bringing that up? Well, keep a finger here. Turn to 1 John again, but this time turn to chapter 4. Praise God. Hallelujah. Anybody get anything out of this? When I'm done here in about 10 minutes, praise God or so, when I'm done, you will have all the elements for victory with what you are facing. That's my clock telling me it's about time for me to stop. Should I stop? No. You want me to finish this? Yes. All right. That's first John. Remember now, allow or can speak. Now notice first John chapter four. Verse 16. And we have known. There's that word again. See? So allow also can mean also can mean understand and can speak. And we have known and believed. See, there's that decision I was talking about, right? We have, we have heard it because we've known it because we heard it from somebody, someplace, right? We have known and believed the love that God has to us. We have known and we can speak. God loves me. I know God loves me. I know that 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 I know. I know I know I know I know I know. Well, why did this happen? I don't know, but I know God loves me. Well, don't you? Can you explain something? I don't know, but I do know God loves me. Hallelujah! And you know, somebody that loves you doesn't assault you. You, I, I can say all I want to love my wife, but if I'm beating her up every day, then you know I don't love her. Amen. A man beating up a woman does not love the woman. Amen. You don't hit people you love. Amen. I didn't hear no male amens. Amen. That was kind of paltry to that. Amen. Only sissies beat women. Woman is smaller than you are. She's not as strong as you are. She's not as fast as you are. She don't have the upper body strength you do. Beating a woman is nothing. You want to fight somebody, fight a man. Man beat a woman's a sissy. Just a punk sissy. Punk. Beating a woman. Nothing nothing for me to beat her. So what? Taking on one of the guys, that'd be a little harder. That still don't mean I won't win, though. Anyway, we're going with it. <laughs> Praise God. Well, now, let me tell you somebody. Let, keep a finger. I got, since y'all said I can go on for a little bit longer. Let me give you a little side issue on this one. Keep, keep a marker right there in 1 John. But turn to St. John. This is still John. See, 1 John and John is the same guy, right? All right. So turn over, turn over to St. John. This is John. Now, remember who John was, John 19. Remember who John was. See, all the disciples, Jesus' disciples, were all killed eventually. Except John. They put John in the vat of oil, and he didn't boil. They finally said, we can't even kill the guy, so they just banished him to an island. In Greece. Amen. We have a church in Greece. He, he advanced him to an island in Greece, the Greek Isles. Amen. And he, he got over there in the Isle of Papos. And then he said, well, the Lord started speaking to him. He started writing. We got revelations. Right? Notice, listen, listen to Jesus and John. John 19, 26. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciples. John's writing this. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciples standing by whom he loved. He said to his mother, 
strange way to write. Why didn't he write? And Jesus said to John. No, he said, <laughs> John wrote, Jesus saw the disciple that he loved. Then you get to John 20, verse 1. First day of the week, come up Mary Magdalene early, and it was yet dark until the sepulchre. See if the stone taken away from the sepulchre. Then she run up and come up to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved. Well, does that mean that Jesus didn't love Andrew and he didn't love Peter and he didn't love the other disciples? But this disciple says, I'm the one, Jesus. John's not done talking. I mean, this is the way John talks. You get over to John 21, praise God. And you can read verse 7. Therefore that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter. In other words, all the time, John's walking around saying, I'm the one Jesus loved. I'm the one Jesus loved. I'm the one Jesus loved. Jesus loves me. I'm the one he loves. Now remember, you're talking about the church, 1 John chapter 4. Go back over. Still John. Glory to God. I'm getting, I'm getting close to the punchline. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This is good teaching. I might get this tape for myself. Amen. <laughs> and we have known and we believe the love that God has to us. I'm the one Jesus loves. Say it. I'm the one Jesus loves. I'm the one Jesus loves. I'm the one Jesus loves. Guess what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And we have known and we can speak the love that God has to us. God is love. He that dwells in love dwells in God, God in him. Herein is our love made complete that we may have parousia. That's the word boldness. That we may be frankly speak, loudly speak, praise God, hallelujah, in the day of judgment, and the Greek word there for judgment is the Greek word chrysis. Amen. That's the day of condemnation. That's the day of accusation. Satan will condemn you, and he will accuse you. He will say, now, you know you can't be believing for this miracle to happen because you know you thought some bad stuff. You know you did this in the past. You know you're not worthy of this to happen to you. Anybody ever, ever had the devil talk to you like that? I know he's talking to me like that. Come on, somebody. Uh, amen. What's he doing? Accusing you. But he said, when you know and you can speak, God loves me. You can have boldness in that day of condemnation. Praise God. Because as he is, he's love. So are we. What are we? Love. In this world, and love does what? Love makes faith what? Efficient. Makes my faith work. Faith overcomes the world, Amen. so I overcome the devil. Amen. Go back to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm ended. Praise God. We're going to get down to that verse 20. Yes, Lord. Oh, the Lord reminded me I forgot something to tell you. Okay. It said that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith. At verse 17, before he let me finish here. Okay, I got it. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. One other thing the Lord wanted me, wanted me to show you about the love of God. Turn to chapter 4 of Ephesians. Praise God. Talking about that love. He said in verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk appropriately of the uh, invitation where, are, where are you are called. Walk with all humbleness and gentleness and patience, forbearing one another in love. The word forbearing in the Greek means to put up with. He said to put up with one another in love. I guarantee you, if you lived in my house with me for six months, after a while you would say, Man, I just got just gotta put up with some stuff with him. <laughs> and I guarantee you, if I lived in your house for six months, I'd say, I got to put up with some Amen. stuff over there. Amen. 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 See, love covers a multitude of faults. In fact, you can't be successfully married without without this. We ain't talking about natural human love. Natural human love is about lust. That's right. Amen. Amen. 
Love of God's deeper than that. Way love. I ain't got time to get into that. But but praise God. Are you listening to me? You gotta operate in love to be married. Because after a while everything changes. When she married me, I had a big fro. Mud checks, chopped sideburns, goatee. When she married me, things have changed. It ain't just me either. Did you see your high school picture? So, so single people, how many single people I got in here? If it's about how they look, if that's your highest priority, they got to look good. Let me explain something to you. You about to be disappointed. Because things are going to change. Not only with them, things are going to change with you. It better be that that better be the lowest thing on the ladder. Amen. Amen. If you're single, this is how you evaluate who you will marry. First, it starts spirit inside first. Spirit, then soul, mind, will, and emotions. The last one is the body. Most people are body. Huh? Body, soul, and spirit. Oh, they look so good. Oh, they make me laugh. Last thing is spirit. Then when you get married, that's what you get, the bottom. Because you did it in the wrong, made the decision in the wrong order. Why am I talking about that? I'm not even, I'm not even teaching on that. <laughs> All right, he said, but that chapter four. Putting up with one another in love, endeavoring to keep. The word endeavoring means to make an effort. The word keep means to guard. The unity, oneness of the spirit in the soul tie of peace. Because if we're united and we're not separated, amen, two of us could put 10,000 to flight. Amen. See that? Power is released. All right, let me finish this. I'm almost done. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know about you, but I don't preach to myself good, good this morning. Amen. All right, verse 19. And we can speak the love of God with passive all human comprehension that we might be play Roma, the word filled. Praise God. Hallelujah. That word there, play Roma, praise God, means to be, have your boat completely full. Remember when uh, Peter and his fishing buddies out there on the lake, Gennesaret, and Jesus walked, all the people crushing Jesus, you know, on the shore, and Jesus says, can I borrow your boat? Peter says, fine. So Jesus gets in and sits in the boat, quits off look from the shore, teaches the people from the shore in Luke chapter 5. When he's done, Jesus did what he always does. If you let him use what he, what you got so he can do something with it, Amen. He turned to Peter and said, launch out to deep, let down your nets for a catch. Peter says, I'm a fisherman, you, I mean, you're a carpenter, I ain't going out to the deep. I'll go a little bit away. I'm not letting down all these nets because I just finished washing them. And if I put them down in them, I have to wash them again. So I'm just going to let down a net. So he lets down one net, and when he does, wham, the net gets full with fish till the net broke. That's that word here that your life might be so full that it can't keep all of the manifestation of God. That's that word. No, and it said that you might be completely jammed full with all the fullness. That word fullness there is play Roma. Play Roma is the word performance that you might be crowned full with all the performance of God. And God's power can perform on your body and perform on your money and perform on your family and perform on anything. And anything that God's power is performing at full efficiency, it cannot stand up against that power. Hallelujah, glory to God. And what brought about all that? Faith and love. Love and faith. 
faith and love. Love and faith. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, now, after all of that, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's now been activated, the power that's now efficient in us. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You didn't release the power of God and that power of God will change your life. That power of God will change your family's life. That power of God will change your financial life. That power of God will change your body's life. That power of God will change everything in your life. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And God's ready. The power's inside you. The question is, will you do what's necessary to release the power? Glory to God. 